Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, in news out this week, Telco Starhub announced it has scored the Singapore broadcast rights to screen the English Premier League for the next six years, regaining the broadcast rights from rival Singtel. Now, Starhub's going to screen all 380 matches from the upcoming season that kicks off on August 6th. The main board listed company also recently released its earnings for the second half of the year. To get a better understanding of the telco strategy in the year ahead, we're joined now by Nicole Epen, who is the CEO of Starhub. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Rachel. It's my pleasure. I can't believe it's been a year. I know we'll have to do this more often and get you in the studio when we can, or even sooner, perhaps, perhaps in August, because you've got some exciting news and congratulations on your recent English Premier League news. How uh, does this tie in with Starhub's entertainment strategy? Perhaps you can share with us your thoughts on the on the announcement. Sure. So, no, thank you for asking. We're really thrilled with EPL, right? Everyone's talking about EPL in Singapore. I was in the shops yesterday. We were talking about it. I was at Gold Hill Haka for lunch, and we were talking to the guys at the next table about it. Everyone's talking about it. And it's, uh, what do they say? It's coming home, right? Um, and it's coming home for EPL, for Startup, and for Singapore fans. Now, you know, this is really about um, the Infinity Play vision for us, and really for EPL as well. Because what EPL and us really want to do is take EPL in Singapore from the 19th century to the 21st century and really give Singapore fans what today, what they want. And, uh, you know, what Singapore fans want is a couple of things. Number one, they want EPL to be affordable, right? And uh, we are definitely going to reduce prices and make it affordable. Now, the second thing that EPL fans don't want is they don't want to be forced into kind of old-fashioned season charges for 400 games, uh, which, you know, many of which they don't watch. So we are actually going to make it segmentable and customized. And to your point, uh, you know, together with EPL, we are going to do EPL in Singapore in a new way, not as an old-fashioned channel. We're going to do it what we call the Infinity Playway. So what that means is app-based, streaming, on-demand, party watch, split-screen, performance stats, replays at your fingertips. So it's really going to be more of an immersive experience for the modern era. Um, and I think we should all be proud that we, were going to, we are going to be doing this with EPL for the first time in the world for our Singapore fans, and the social media response has been amazing, and frankly, we just can't wait to deliver. So that's kind of how it ties in, because it's really going to be part of Infinity Play, where we drive, uh, you know, OTT content and streaming um, into our platform across, you know, not just TV, but also broadband and mobile, so our customers can access this content anytime, anywhere, on any device, and really empower, right, because it's on their fingertips and it's on demand. Uh, and that's what we're doing. We had 10 OTT streaming services before, you know, Netflix, Hotstar, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, et cetera, et cetera. And now we have EPL, you know, joining the table and something that really we're all thrilled about. And I think everyone does as well. So that's really interesting. The multi-platform, as you mentioned, immersive experience to kind of tie in with those bundles that you're offering. What kind of pricing are you putting on this? So it's probably not something we can talk about right now, Rachel, but rest assured, you know, we are working hard on it. Our pricing plans and bundles are going to be well out well before the season starts. But key principles, as I said, it's going to be affordable. It's going to be for everyone. It's going to be democratic. 
uh, and it's going to be a 21st century modern experience, truly immersive, on-demand, uh, app-based on any device, anywhere. And speaking of competition within the EPL, talk to us about Starhub's bid to regain the broadcast rights for the EPL. What was involved? Well, you know, it was really not so much about the bid per se or cost. It was really about this common vision. And it was that common vision which EPL and us were truly united on. Uh, that we had to do EPL in a different way, uh, in a modern way, in an immersive way, in an on-demand way. Uh, And frankly, for the first time, as I said, in the world, this is being done with EPL. So I think there are going to be lots of learnings here um, and no doubt uh, lots of uh, customer feedback. Uh, But based on the social media experience uh, that we're getting over the last couple of days and a lot of the social media you know, I should say unsolicited, but very welcome input on uh, how we should be tackling this. It validates a lot of that thought process. And what kind of contribution do you expect this to have to Starhub's bottom line in the year ahead? Yeah, let me use an example. So, you know, obviously, uh, over the last year, we had driven Dare Plus, and Dare Plus is really about driving infinity play, right? So whether it's 10 OTT streaming services, now 11, whether it's cloud gaming, you know, we just launched a cyber product for consumers. You know, so we're doing more and more, and that's why we call it Infinity Play. And we drive Infinity Play, um, you know, into our platforms. And what that does is it drives consumption and it drives upgrades. So when you look at our mobile business, for instance, uh, on postpaid mobile, we grew revenue, you know, kind of quarter on quarter for the last three quarters. Uh, we had R2 increasing. Uh, on broadband, we had uh, similarly, you know, strong year-on growth, uh, year-on-year growth, quarter-on-quarter growth. And again, R2 is increasing. Um, Entertainment the same thing. So why are these r increasing uh, in the face of a pretty brutal hyper-competitive environment and this really tough COVID time? And the answer is there plus, and it's infinity play, right? Because everyone is consuming this product, and it's not just about connectivity. It's about rich connectivity experiences. And as a result, people are consuming more and they want to upgrade to higher value plans. So they're upgrading to 5G on mobile. They're upgrading to two gigabit plans on broadband. And that's exactly how our OTT streaming, our cloud gaming, and now perhaps even more potent EPL flows to the bottom line. It drives growth through increasing ARPU by increasing consumption and upgrade to higher value plans. And let's just rewind a little bit. Let's take a look at those, a closer look at those numbers that were just released just over a week ago in terms of Starhub's earnings. You did see an 8.4% growth in broadband revenues to $98.9 million. That said, the number of subscribers had declined from 498,000 to 484,000. So just a slight dip there. And your entertainment segments revenue registered a decline of 5% to 89.5 89.5 million. We could also talk about mobile revenue, but you've mentioned in terms of your strategy for growth there. So we are seeing increasing competition across the board. Um, and you've mentioned Dare Plus and Infinity Play as well as EPL. What are some of the other areas that you're looking to grow in the year ahead? Let me take that a bit by uh, piece by piece, if you don't mind. So, um, you know, as you correctly point out, we were up on revenue uh, year on year. Net income was up about 17%, about 150 million. You know, free cash flow is up 25% to $500 million, almost $500 million. So some big, big numbers. Uh, and, and also, as you allude to, Rachel, you know, how did we do this? Uh, it was Dare Plus, Infinity Play, you know, driving product, not just connectivity, but, you know, really enriching digital experiences. Uh, the second thing, um, you know, that, that we are really focused on is doing Infinity Play. 
uh, digitally, so digital engagement, so moving, you know, kind of from old school uh, to an app-based format, right, in terms of how we engage with customers, and that journey is well underway, and then network, moving aggressively to 5G. So broadband, we discussed, uh, you know, we grew our pool strongly, and that drove, uh, and that drove revenue growth. You know, we flushed out some uh, legacy discount plans, uh, which was the reason for the subscriber numbers dipping a bit. Uh, but net-net, by driving the ARPUs up, revenue grow, grew, and, um, you know, over the last quarter, uh, over, you, you know, you will note that uh, we started increasing our broadband subs slightly. And you should also note, you know, we're adding My Republic Broadband, um, which we hope to close the acquisition on uh, in the coming quarter. So all these metrics will look better. Um, entertainment you raised, uh, you know, cord cutting is an industry phenomenon, right? Everyone is cutting legacy uh, cable TV. And that's petitioning with us as well. But we doubled Hybrid TV Plus, and our OTT subs actually quintupled. Um, so this was a loss-making segment. It's now a profitable segment. Um, and in terms of revenue, you should also see this uh, segment turning around. So, you know, on your point on competition, you know, to be honest, uh, we focus much more uh, on things other than traditional telco competition. Uh, we've talked about the fact that we're moving beyond telco to a connecting your digital world platform. And that's a digital platform play. It's a super app play, right? More like a Grab or a Gojek, but very important with digital services, not physical services. So what, you know, necessarily happens in telco and what, what others do or don't do is just less and less relevant for us. Um, you know, we're constantly moving into, into new, new areas. Um, and you should expect that from us. Uh, you know, every quarter in the coming year, you should expect us to be doing more and more uh, and new things over the coming quarters. We're speaking with Nicole Epen, CEO of Starhub. I'm curious then, perhaps you can share with us, since you're talking about the move to digital, can you give us an update on 5G adoption? Because we are going to sure. see more digital services on the back of an increased adoption of 5G, aren't we? No, absolutely. Uh, and thank you for asking. Um, you know, our 5G adoption is strong. Uh, we had, uh, what we announced in the last quarter was that if we had passed the 300,000 subscriber mark uh, for 5G, so we have the most 5G subs in the market, by some distance, we think. Uh, and that's driven our ARPU up. So we actually have, on a blended basis, the highest postpaid ARPU in the market. Uh, and we brought these subs in, um, as we talked about, at, a, at an ARPU premium that was 20% higher, uh, with much more data consumption. Now, our 5G approach is uh, non-traditional because we're not just driving 5G connectivity uh, for the consumer and saying, hey, you know, you take this 5G and you figure out what you want to do with it. We're actually driving these connectivity experiences uh, on top of the connectivity. So for consumers, this means, again, OTT streaming, cloud gaming, uh, uh, you know, all the other rich suite of infinity play things that we're, that we're doing. And for enterprises, what we really want to do is enable their own digital transformation with 5G IoT, 5G digital workplace, and uh, a number of other, you know, productized uh, offerings to, to help them um, drive their own value. And I understand that you're also going to be launching more products in the year ahead, including one called Peace of Mind, which will help protect consumers from phishing, fraud, and other related issues, which has been a huge topic over the last few weeks, sure. if not months. Can you share more details with us on that? Yeah, sure, Rachel. This is really, really important, right, for, for our community and our society. So cybersecurity is really core for us. Uh, but we have this belief that cybersecurity is for everyone. It's not just for government and GovTech. It's not just for enterprises. It should also be for SMEs. And it should also be available for consumers and individuals. 
So we want to serve every single one of those uh, segments, right? We have Ensign, our cybersecurity business, uh, which provides end-to-end cyber services for government and enterprises. You know, we have our startup managed SASE product uh, with Palo Alto, and we were their partner of the year for SMEs. And to your point, we have some new products uh, for consumers and individuals, and that's really important. So a couple of weeks ago, we just launched CyberCover, uh, which was a product to provide customers with uh, financial support for cyber risks. You know, all the things we've been talking about, right, over the last year, phishing, online fraud, cyberbullying, identity theft, unauthorized transactions, online scams. So that's what we aim to do with CyberCover and uh, provide uh, individuals and consumers with financial support. Now, what's the space? Uh, because in the next few weeks, we will be launching another new product um, for consumers and individuals to complement CyberCover. And this is a protective product. It protects consumers in cyberspace. So we are going to be doing more in peace of mind uh, and, just, uh, and just watch the space over the coming months and quarters. And speaking of protecting consumers in the cyberspace, and just earlier when you were talking about the EPL and it being an immersive experience, the metaverse popped to mind. Is that something that StarHub's looking at as well? Stay tuned. It's a very natural extension of a lot of things that we're doing, right? You combine uh, content with uh, gaming. Uh, It's a really good question. Uh, Bear with me. Stay tuned. Okay. So just one last one for you then. Looking forward, some analysts have called your operating expense guidance too conservative. Would you say you're taking a more cautious approach then? Let me, let me uh, take it this way, Rachel. So first of all, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that the analysts are saying this, right? Because for 2021, we um, outperformed guidance on every single measure. Uh, so we had a strong 2021 and I, and I get the feedback. Now, what we want to do is we want to move forward with Dare Plus, but we don't want to move forward with Dare Plus in kind of a slow, incremental, phased manner. We want to move forward with Dare Plus in a way that's bold and fast. We want to make our investments fast and early, and we want to start harvesting within 24 months. So we have told investors that we will dip in EBITDA, and we took our margin guidance down. We will dip in EBITDA in 2022. Uh, as we incur these upfront expenses, but we will cross over in EBITDA in 2023 and grow beyond. Uh, so what we've said is our target is to add $80 million in after-tax profit to our 2021 net income, which was almost $150 million. But there's also upside from that, from roaming coming back you know, strongly, from, from synergies from the acquisitions that we've made. So this for us is not really about being cautious. It is really more about being uh, quite aggressive uh, and confident uh, in our outcomes, which gives us the ability to take you know, some of these upfront expenses upfront. Well, we look forward to having you back on the show to share more updates with us. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much. Thank you. We've been speaking with Nicol Epen, CEO of Starhub. I'm Rachel Kelly. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.